Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. I'm Tammy Brown, and together my husband Matt and I founded Sandals Church with the vision of helping people to be real with themselves, God, and others. Out of that vision came a personal burden to inspire and challenge women to cultivate kindness towards one another. My heart for Cultivate is to come alongside women so that we can grow spiritually wise, relationally kind, emotionally healthy, and connected in community. This podcast is my way of inviting you to join me for real conversations about what God's Word has to say and what it looks like for us, real women, to cultivate it into our everyday lives. Always keeping in mind that we might not be where we want to be, but if we pursue this, we won't be where we were. Well, hey, everybody. We are talking about what it means to cultivate forgiveness this month on the podcast. And so each week coming up, we're going to have, or I'm going to have different um, women with me to have a real conversation about their own experiences cultivating forgiveness. Um, Some of you listening may be going through our Cultivate season reading Forgiving What I Can't Forget by Lisa Turkers, but even if you are not, going through it, or if you're listening at a later time, what we're talking about is what does it look like to become women who forgive as we're pursuing becoming like Jesus? Obviously, this is one of the things that we need to take a deep dive into as women because it was his way and how really I see in my own world here in ministry and in my own life, how it's really the withholding and unforgiveness that tangles us up so much. So we're, um, for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about how we've actually untangled forgiveness. I'm going to ask each of our teaching team for this time and some women who are all a part of Sandals Church, how they've done that personally. So um, I'm going to start with... Today with us is Melody Workman, who you all know and love. Hey, hey. Here, and so Mel will give some insight to her. And then also, I just realized, first timer on the podcast, um, a dear friend of mine, we've known each other since I was in high school. You weren't nine in high school. 16 years <laughs> old you were. And I, I'm like, so it's been, what, like 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. We wish. Um, Lori Alby with us today, who was teaching this season on um, forgiveness as well. So I'm going to ask each of you guys a couple questions just for the listener, because what I want to do this month as we tackle what it looks like to really untangle forgiveness in our own worlds is a time where you've had to do that, where you've had to ask for forgiveness. Um, And then also... um, what God's taught you in that. And then the other question I'm going to get to with you guys is what do you wish you could go back and tell your younger self that you know now as pertains to forgiveness? So I'm excited to see what you guys have to say about that. Um, Lori, you are teaching at Cultivate this season. And um, one of the things that you said was we will miss out on the joy and peace in the present if we don't forgive the pain of the past, which was so good. Um, Can you explain just like for a quick second, sort of your thought on where, like unpack that just real briefly. We will miss out on the joy and peace in the present if we don't forgive the pain of our past. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, as I, as I think about forgiveness in my own life, as I have sat and listened and helped other women through seasons where they've needed to forgive, I think one of the things I recognize is that you know, we, we know when we sit in unforgiveness, what our future is going to hold. 
It's going to hold bitterness. It's going to hold anger. Do we know that in the moment, though? Or we, do we just well, not care? I mean, you know. <laughs> For me, it just might mean someone else died. And I'm okay with that at times. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, we just know that that's not going to lead to good things. And so when I think about, miss, you know, missing out on peace in the present, it's this idea that we can have the opportunity. Like, we can't make a better, go back and make a better past. Mm-hmm. But we can make a better future when we press into forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can know joy and peace in spite of our past or the pain in our past if we're willing to kind of go through that pathway, mm-hmm. you know, of forgiveness. No, that's so good. And, and I've learned that to be true. I think that's the lie we believe, though, is that I don't even know if it's a lie we believe or we just like don't give it two thoughts because we're so dug in in like whatever wounding we have. But we're like, no, it's worth it. But then over time, it's like, oh, I don't know that anything is worth that. Yeah, (laughs) You know, Mel, in your teaching week, you say, when we learn to guard our mind and guide our thoughts, Jesus gives us the power to forgive. Mm -hmm. Can you unpack that real briefly? Yeah, it's just (laughs) the whole thing that if we can't, we can't even move to this forgiveness piece if we haven't figured out what's going on in our minds. Because when kids are little, it's always this, hey, you stole her Klondike bar. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Say I forget. It's like this perfunctory thing we put mm-hmm. people through mm-hmm. as if that, if, as if it's that easy. Yeah. And so as we get older, um, we, we go through the motions, but we haven't really worked it out in our minds. And so I think we have to start there. It, it has to be like a, a, a progress, a journey of, I'm going to start by guarding my mind. I'm going to guide my thoughts because when you do that, that's just the biblical formula. Um, It's, it's bringing those thoughts captive. It's subduing them Mm -hmm. under Christ. Mm -hmm. And what did Christ do on the cross? He forgave all of us. Um, But that's a journey to get there. And we can't really, we can't, skip over that part to just be a good Christian and forgive people like we're supposed to, because that's not really authentic. Well, and also I think one of the things like when you taught about that and we talked through like, Hey, you're like, I feel like I'm supposed to go in this direction. It was just so fresh for me of so much forgiveness work. I feel like I've worked on. And then all of a sudden in my mind, Mm -hmm. I'm like going back to places that I don't want to go and having to, like discipline myself and train myself to like guard my thoughts or stop them. Like if I start going down, like, nope. So when, when the Bible says like, take your thoughts captive, I think that's like step one almost Mm -hmm. in the forgiveness process because all of unforgiving or forgiving starts in our minds. Exactly. Then our hearts follow. Yep. But it's a choice in our mind. So I love that. Okay. So I'm going to ask you guys each this first question. Um, Lori, I'm going to start with you. When was a time in your life that you needed forgiveness and how did you pursue that? What did you go about to try to reconcile that? Yeah. So like most people, 2020 was a deal. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, I thought you were saying your 20s. I was like, yeah, yeah like my 20s, my yeah, 30s. I probably need to go back and ask for forgiveness for a few things from my 20s. But um, no, from last year, like, honestly, I was thinking about the most recent time I really needed forgiveness. And, um, you know, last year I lost my mom early in cultiv- or in yeah, coronavirus early. stuff, you know, like all of that was going down. And my brother was stuck overseas. And for me to walk through losing my mom without my brother, mm-hmm. I I just like a lot of resentment built up around that, you know, this mm-hmm. idea that, okay, like 
I'm having to deal with all the things and go through it by myself. And, you know, which I wasn't by myself. Of course, I had a lot of loved ones with me, but I just had this idea that he was supposed to be there yeah. and I had resentment built in that. And so, of course, I, I let him know in a very strongly Unkind worded way. <laughs> Direct and truthful. Continue. <laughs> It was so Melody's like, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm embarrassed about like how I handled this situation. I was so, I was so direct. I was not kind. I was, I just, I don't know that like in first Peter, it talks about suffering. Well, mm. you know, this idea of suffering. Well, I did not suffer well. And it like came out sideways on mm. everybody. Um, but on my brother in particular and so I, you know, after a follow-up conversation to that email, he was so gracious. Like he, of course, entered into the conversation with all the wisdom of the wise older brother, like whatever kind of thing. <laughs> and was just so you know, no matter what happens, we're good. We're okay. And I just, it made me more mad mm. that he was so good about it. And then, then you just feel more like, yeah, cruddy. I'm like, I am such a jerk. <laughs> but anyway, so long story short, I, of course, I had to follow up that conversation and that email just reaching out to say, I am so sorry. I was awful. And mm. thank you for being so gracious. And, mm -hmm. but it was really humbling, you know, because I'm thinking, here I am doing all the right things and doing all the work and whatever. And you say it, you've said it a million times, Yami, this idea of like, you can be so right. And so very wrong. <laughs> because I know a lot about that. Yeah. I was I'm right a lot and so wrong most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. I was so very wrong though. Ugh. Yeah. I am sorry. I still miss your mom. I loved your mom. Yeah. She was pretty great. Mm -hmm. She was great. Um, that was such a weird time too, because it was like right at the beginning of mm -hmm. lockdown yeah. and we couldn't yeah. I mean we couldn't really see her. You couldn't yeah. really grieve her. So it was, it was a lot on top of a lot. It was so I'm a, giving you grace. It was a lot. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, it, like okay, it was yeah. okay that I was feeling all the things. Yeah. But to take it out on my brother who couldn't help the fact that he was stranded. It, there was a worldwide yeah. pandemic and he can't yeah. get an airplane ticket. Like, that's yeah. not his fault. You Come know, on, Lori. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So. I um I had a few days in 2020, which mostly my kids were unfortunately the recipients of where I just lost my mind on them. Mm. And um it's humbling and hard to like go to your kids, your young adult kids and be like, I was just the worst, mm -hmm. you know? And then it got to the point where I felt like they were hearing me say that so much that it was losing. Mm. Like, okay, you were the worst again. When are you gonna stop being the worst? Like I, I've had to ask my daughters in particular, um, I guess my son too. I did this. Sorry to all my kids. <laughs> I'm sure Same. they don't listen to this so they won't hear that apology, but I'll tell them. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I've had to ask their forgiveness this year so many times, but Mel for you, when is the time that you needed forgiveness and how did you pursue that? It's funny. Cause I was thinking about this question. I'm like, I don't have like this big you know, this big catastrophic thing that happened in my life, at least that I know about. Um, if that's out there, call me. <laughs> I'm sorry. But um, I, I sort of live in this place of routine offense. And um, I'm, I'm mainly What thinking, do you mean by that? Like, I, I do something routinely that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, can you stop doing that? Him being my husband. And I'm like so, I'm, someone out of working with someone. Yeah, and I'm working on it. And so, and so, for me, it, it's it's this funny space. It's probably not funny, but um, of recognizing, I can just be like 
in hyper go mode, just going, attacking, doing, conquering, what, whatever. And, um, and not meaning to, but like sort of snapping, like, yeah, like, and it's, it's just a dishonoring. It's not, it's not kind. It's not loving. Mm. And he's like, you're snapping at me. And I'm like, no, I'm just I'm busy. I'm gone. You know? And it's like, yeah, but you're still, um, and made me aware of when I do it with the kids and, and that sort of thing. So, um, as we've had real authentic conversations about it, I'm like, I really want to do better with that. Um, and so I need you to let me know when I do it. And I'm like, okay, I need you to stop. Let me know. Like you let me know, <laughs> but it's this routine. And so what I've started to do is, and this, this was a journey for me to get here was he'll say, um, you know, he'll bring it to my attention. And rather than, no, I was, I, I just go, I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. I, I replayed that moment back in my mind. Um, and, and I actually thought about what I was thinking about when I said it that way. And it was a, I'm annoyed with you or I don't have time for this. And that's how it came out. Mm-hmm. And that's dishonoring. Mm-hmm. That's not kind. That's mm-hmm. not loving. So I'm, I'm sorry. I, I did that. You called me out on it and I'm apologizing. And it's funny because, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before I'm an Enneagram 8. And so I've recently found this new Instagram page where it's like Enneagram 8 memes. And one of the best <laughs> ones was how an 8 apologizes I'm sorry for the very hurtful, mean, accurate things I said to you. Oh I'm like, I feel that so deeply. <laughs> but with this, it's it's not right. It's not accurate. It's mm-hmm. not kind. It's not loving. And so with him and with my kids, to go back, it's humbling, but it's just the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. I was wrong and I and I need forgiveness. And not trying to like muscle up or act like it didn't matter or diminish mm-hmm. his hurt, but to validate his hurt by owning what I did and, and ask for mm-hmm. forgiveness for it. So that's yeah, good. That that's good. good. I think for me, like you brought up being Enneagrammy, I'm an Enneagram six. So like, a f- you know, really driven by a fear. Um, I'm a counterphobic six. And what that, that distinguishes is that I attack what I'm afraid of as opposed to ignore or shy away from what I'm afraid of. And I see that play out in my relationship so much. And a lot of conflict or times I think that I have had to ask for forgiveness is usually like post episode of me being afraid someone felt something or was going to do something Mm. or with my kids in particular, or with my husband, um, if, you know, they might really do something, but then I've like, well, this leads to this and this leads to this and this leads to this. And so I'm actually, I get more intense and now it's not even about whatever the thing was. It's about what it could be if this keeps going a hundred more times. And, um, over this last year, each of my kids in their own way have communicated lovingly, (laughs) (laughs) but truthfully, um, that my intensity towards them has actually caused them a lot of, for lack of a better way to say it, like panic and stress and anxiety mm-hmm. because it's like whatever happened and then it's how I'm going to ha- handle what happened. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm doing so much entangling with them. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the ideas about forgiveness that I think is so interesting is we're, we're talking a lot in this season and whether you're joined us for this season or not, we're talking about the idea of becoming women who cultivate forgiveness, women who forgive. And I think that the premise for that really was rooted in my own journey of 
you know, we think of forgiveness of like, well, we're forgiven, so we have to forgive. Forgive 70 times 70. So much of those Christian things that we know are true, Mm -hmm. right? And we know we're supposed to do them in our heads, but in our hearts, it feels just the opposite of what our flesh wants to do. Right. And just being in a season where I'm like, I feel like God really showed me like, yes, that's part of forgiveness, but it's not all of it. And that there's this different side to the coin, if you will, of forgiving people because it's about you not carrying it, Mm. you know, of yes, it's going to benefit other people. And you'll probably hear me say this to some in some way, shape or form every week, but it benefits people. Us forgiving people benefits people, but it actually blesses us because we don't carry yeah. the offense. Right. Um, and, and that's one of the things I see with women, which will be a theme throughout this month is I think that we're so easily offended and so slow to forgive. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, there's big offenses in life and then there's little ones. Like she looked at me, she didn't invite me. You know, we just get so angsty about things. And then over time, at least this is true for me, over time, having this, this bag of small rocks, big rocks, it didn't matter though. The bag still weighs the same. So you could put the tiniest pebble of offense in there and it feels like the world yeah. to me because I'm just carrying it. And I, I just, I know that God was teaching me in that season, like, why, why are you carrying this? Like, you're not meant to carry this. You need to forgive, not for them, but for you. Like yeah. set down the bag, set down the offenses mm-hmm. and move on with your life. Mm. And so I really wanted to go into this season with the idea that although forgiveness blesses others, it's God's gift to us. And so I would ask you guys that, um, how, how would you describe, or how would you say that in your own words of, of, what you feel about that, about, yes, forgiveness is what we're called to do as we pursue being like Jesus. Jesus forgave us, mm-hmm. but also why he started there. Like, why did he, why was that his way towards us? Mm-hmm. And why is forgiveness a gift to us instead of it just being about our obligation to mm-hmm. others? Because I think a obligatory forgiveness isn't real. Mm-hmm. It, or I should I don't want to say it's not real. I want to say it's not it's not freeing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I talk a, a lot about how I would move on from things, but I held on. And so, um, what, what's your thoughts about that? Well, the whole gospel is based on forgiveness, you know, for God so Lord that he Mm -hmm. gave his only son, whoever, like he gave him. Why, why do we need it? Because we had sinned. And through his death on the cross, we receive forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So it's like at the foundation of of what we say we believe. So you touched on a minute ago, we're so easily offended and so slow to give forgiveness. And every time I experience that, be it the person who needs forgiveness, be it the person who, you know, needs to extend forgiveness. It's this idea of what does the gospel say and now what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. Like as I have, you just talked about benefit and bless. God's forgiveness benefits me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so sometimes it's it's literally sitting in the space of being reminded of what I've been forgiven of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that's just a, I think that that's just an issue with, with Christian culture is that we're so good at sitting in your sin, sitting in her sin, pointing out his sin. And we spend very little time internalizing our own, mm-hmm. that our sin is offensive to God. Mm-hmm. that our sin cost his son his life, that our sin 
should condemn us to hell. Like we don't sit there. We don't sit in that space. We don't ruminate on that because it's not fun. It doesn't make us feel like happy. And yet we don't need to stay down because of that. We know mm-hmm. that we should be encouraged, not discouraged. But if we would live in that space for a little bit and recognize all of the times where we, we don't respond to God like we mm-hmm. should, we don't spend time with him like we should, we don't honor him and he forgives us. He forgives us whether we seek it or not. Mm-hmm. He's he's just, his nature is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's not something he does, it's who he is. If we could stay in that space a little bit longer, we would be, I think it would be easier for us to go, hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I, cause I am, we are on the same level here mm-hmm. as offenders, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. And so it's okay, I, I can forgive you. If we skip over that, and if we just stay in the space of seeing how everyone else is doing it wrong, we become so stingy with forgiveness mm-hmm. and we we are misaligned with the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that should grieve us because Christian means little Christ. Like it's yeah. We're following after him. Um, so for me, it's just this idea of, Melody, stay in the space of what you've been forgiven of. Mm-hmm. Don't make light of your sin. Mm-hmm. Don't make light of what your sin cost God. Stay there. And now it's easier to extend forgiveness to but others. Don't you think part like, a hang up we have is like you just said, like stay in that space. I think what we do is we eat for one anothering when it comes to one anothering is we're like, well, I didn't mean to do something. So like have grace for me, but you meant to do it. So I don't have grace for you. Like, I think we really get tangled up in that a lot. Whereas like with God, it's like, you can't get tangled up there. So we like, we like separate the two, two categories Mm -hmm. and we know our heart and intention. And of course we see ourselves in a better light with all. And then like the other person's like the absolute worst. So it's like, well, but you meant to. (laughs) Yeah. And because you said like on the same field, like I don't think we really see each other in that way. No, because self-justification abdicates personal responsibility. If I can just justify what Mm -hmm. I did or why I didn't do what I should have done, I'm, I'm free, but you, you're not off the hook, you know? So it it really requires, um, and I think that's why Philippians 2 is so good because it's like, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who took the form of a servant, took the form of a slave. Even though he was fully divine, fully God, he gave all that up and he humbled himself. And at the core, forgiveness is humility. Mm -hmm. And humility sometimes just doesn't feel fun. At all. All right, Lori, what's your thoughts on just the idea of how forgiveness is not just all for the other person, but it's God wants us to forgive other people because of his heart for us. Yeah, no, I th- when I think about that and I'm listening to you guys, like what comes to mind for me is this idea that I think we, we can exacerbate our wounds unnecessarily. Mm. Because we, we lick those babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, be, we believe the worst, you know, yeah. like when we have a propensity to be easily offended and we believe the worst about every situation, then we're, it, it's like we're hurting ourselves even worse. Oh my gosh, you know, I like, do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I just- you both know. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think about, you know, this, again, just back to this last year, just, a, you know, dozens of these like nameless, faceless offenses, like building up inside of me throughout the year. But when I really stop to think about what it is that I'm feeling offended by, and I really think about, okay, and what is that other person going through right yeah. now? You know, I think about my brother across the ocean 
what is he feeling right now? You know, or when I think about the friend who couldn't be in the space with me and my family, well, they, they're going through their own thing in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not all about me. You know, sometimes people, when they hurt us, it's not even about us. Right. And it, but if we dig in and we hold on to that, then we're just hurting ourselves worse when yeah. that's not even the intent. Oh, that's so true. I think I do all of that. I think I assume the worst. I think the worst. I lick my wounds. I hold on. They start to heal and I like put peel the scab off to keep it going. <laughs> I am getting better though. <laughs> hey, you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you, where you were. were. 100%. Celebrate that right 000%. now. 1000%. <laughs> okay. Next question for each of you guys. Um, I'll, uh, I'll start with Lori this time. Um, Knowing what you know now, Lori turned 50 this last what? year during She just outed you. She totally outed you. I'm going to out all of us on here because <laughs> I, I'm i like, you know what? We're all getting up there and maybe we have something to share. True. <laughs> Some of us have things to share about do it this way. Some of us have things to share of like, here's how I did it. Do not do it that way. I tend to have a lot of that to share. Like I did totally. it like this. It was the wrong way. Mm. Mm. Um, but what would you, 50 year old Lori, what would you go back and tell teenage 20 year old, 30 year old Lori about cultivating forgiveness and why forgiveness matters and how you would handle forgiveness differently? Yeah. I think when I or what you wish you knew. Yeah, I think when I was younger, I looked at forgiveness as um I don't know, like not courageous. I looked at it like it was the weak path, mm. you know, to to let go of being offended or if I watched um you know, especially back then like the worst thing I could think of was if a spouse cheated, you know, like that would be the unforgivable sin. You would mm -hmm. never, ever reconcile a relationship in that circumstance or whatever. And so when I would see that happen, I would think they were weak. And now what I know is that forgiveness is really the most courageous path. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I think about, you know, Jesus in the garden before going to the cross, just weeping before the Lord, just mm -hmm. want you like, is there any other way? And yet, and yet, um, you know, pressing into what was in front of him, pressing into the cross, pressing into that path of forgiveness, that was the most courageous path for him. Mm -hmm. And and so— And it was the hard path. And the hard path. Yeah. Forgiveness is not easy. Mm -hmm. It is not. It's so and so hard. Yeah. And so I think now I'm like, I don't think of it as weakness at all. I think of it as a courageous and very strong path. I love path. that. That's really good. Yeah. I agree. I think— I think I, I would even say in that same thing about apologizing. I mean, not that I guess I can answer him here. With you guys, but like, <laughs> I think what I wish I would have known is that that same thing about apologizing and asking for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I used to think asking for forgiveness made me so weak, um, like would diminish everything about who I am. And now I think I would tell my younger self, like ask for it more often. Um, that it is the it is the harder road, but it's the better way. Yeah, you know, I think mm -hmm. I would think that I yeah. I it's I mean I think in my friendships, but you know what friendships do is friendships um, they set you up for your marriage, mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, that's your friend, your best friend, mm -hmm. hopefully for all time, all day, every day. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matt's quality time person. I'm not. I'm just like, oh, we've had a lot of time together. Um, I love you, but um, but it is your friend. And I think the way we navigate friendships when we're young, that's where I'm going with this, really sets a precedence for how you're going to navigate your relationship um, if you choose to get married and how you, you you learn a lot. And I think that I wish I would have been a better at asking for forgiveness. Um, I think that would have helped set me up in my marriage mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. earlier on. Yeah. So what about you, Mel? What would, Mel's still so young. What would 42 <laughs> year old, I almost said 43. Don't do that to me. Wow. What would 42 year old, 42 year old Melody. What would you guys, what would you say to young Melody about either asking for forgiveness or being a better, a forgiver of others? What, what do you wish you knew when you were young that you know now? Well, in my twenties, I think if I were to go back and tell myself, you know, what's, what's the nugget now that I've learned and wish I would have known then is that forgiveness is a necessary part of spiritual growth. Mm. You don't grow to be more like Christ without learning how to forgive. Yeah. There's a lot of Christians out there pretending to be spiritually deep and living in that resentment world. Mm. They are bitter. They are resentful. They are unkind They've held on to things for years. They're showing up every I feel, Sunday. I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> not you. He's not looking at you. But it's it's they've become so good at going through the external motions of Christianity mm-hmm. without really internalizing what it looks like to align their life with Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking to myself, but in my early twenties in our first church, where I was, you know, maligned and treated really badly and you know, found I, out I, I was, haven't forgiven all those people yet. The Sorry. object of a lot of gossip and, and backbiting and, and all of that. I remember that before we left, um, there was some meeting because there were always meetings. And um, I wasn't invited to the meeting, but my husband was, even though the offense was towards me, but that's for another podcast. And she hasn't forgiven that one They yet. said, <laughs> Should, could we bring her in and apologize to her? And I was like, no, I don't need that. And my response was, I'm done with you. Like, I'm out. Did like, you I, say it just like that? My, well, he came back. He's like, do you want to come out? I was like, no. Like, I'm, But that wasn't a no, like a spiritually deep, I'm okay. No, it was like, no. Like, I don't, I'm not giving you guys the time. I'm not I'm not going to grace you with my, pre- like, for you to tell me what I already know, which was that you were wrong. Like, my whole, the whole heart behind it was not Christ-like. It wasn't right. the mind or the heart of Christ. And so that was hurtful. I had to I had to sift through that and it took me years and years to get to a place where I realized that I didn't want to just move on. I wanted to move forward. Mm-hmm. And to, there's a difference between those mm-hmm. two. Moving on is like, I'm leaving that back there. Mm-hmm. Moving forward is I'm taking lessons that I learned with me mm-hmm. and I'm allowing them to re- redefine, reshape, um, remake me mm-hmm. to be more like Christ. Yeah. Because we are aligned with Christ when we are wronged and when we're able to forgive. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a necessary part of spiritual growth. So if, if we sit in that space of unwillingness to forgive, mm-hmm. we aren't becoming more like Christ. And he's yeah. gentle with us. He's patient with us while we work through hurts. But eventually he's saying, come with me I've already had to do this for you mm-hmm. and I can empower you to do it too. Mm-hmm. I love good. that. That's what I think as we close up that I want, you know, for the next um, month, we're going to be talking each week with different women, having this real, this same kind of real conversation about what has forgiveness looked like for you? 
have you pursued it? What do you wish you knew then that you know now? And so for everyone who's listened today, that's what I would encourage you to do over this next several um, episodes is just think about, like you're saying, Mel, about what, you know, are there maybe areas that you know that you're frustrated in your own spiritual growth? And maybe start to be curious about, what kind of unforgiveness might be attached to that? Yeah. That you might be thinking is completely unrelated, but I guarantee you that it's not. Um, I love this conversation. Thank you guys for being here and for being so real and for just teaching this season of Cultivate on what it looks like. Teaching on forgiveness is not an easy thing to teach on because typically you've had to go through something Mm. to learn about it and it's a vulnerable place um, to do. So I know that what we're asking you guys and what we're talking about is not easy. It's not easy to say, you know what, I really blew it. I I have some people to forgive. And I bet you some of these conversations are going to stir that up in you. And also, this is something where I'm working on right now is if somebody is listening to this, let's say they're listening to it and they think, oh man, I I really blew it with so-and-so. I need to go apologize. And they come to you. Do you have a heart that's willing to forgive? Are you ready to receive someone asking for forgiveness? Um, And so I think whatever side of the coin you're on, and the truth is we're probably on both sides (laughs) in different places all over, um, to just let God do that work in you because our unforgiveness, I think, is where the enemy does the most horrific work, not in the lives of others, but in the life of us, which is why I want to pursue that this season of cultivating forgiveness um, because I think it's God's gift to us to actually experience the freedom that being in Christ involves. So um, I just ask everyone to continue to listen to these episodes this month, but then really spend some time getting real with yourself about the things we're talking about, getting real with God, and then finding a trusted friend that you can be real with, that you can talk through like, hey, God's revealed this to me and I need to have this conversation. Can you help me flesh that out? Mm-hmm. Or can you pray for me as I need, I know I need to forgive a situation. Um, and then potentially if you're going through the season, that'll support that. If not, there'll be another time for you to maybe read the book. Like we're reading the book Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkhurst. Another amazing book is The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. I think every Christian should have to read that book. Um, but it's going to be some good conversations. They're going to be heavy. They're not going to be maybe as funny as we all have been in the past, but um, it's a hard work, but it's a good work. So we're with you guys in this and we just, we love you guys. And thank you, Lori. Thank you, Melody, for being here. Yeah. And we'll thank talk you. to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cultivate Podcast. If you were encouraged by what you heard, we kindly ask you to share this episode through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then tell a friend. We'd love our conversation to help you start your own. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave a review. We love hearing what you think and we know others will too. Cultivate Women exists to help women like you grow spiritually wise in a community of kindness. If you attend Sandals Church, join us as we live out what we're learning on the weekends by using our weekly reflection guide. This is written by women for women so that you can cultivate the truth of God's word into your life. Find it every Monday at cultivate.sc discussion. You can keep up to date on all things Cultivate by following Cultivate Women on Instagram and Facebook or by visiting our website at cultivate.sc. 
Because Cultivate is just one piece of the ministry of Sandals Church, be sure to find our current and archived sermons from Pastor Matt Brown at sandalschurch.tv or go to sandalschurch.com to visit a campus near you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Debrief Podcast, where Pastor Matt is giving real answers to tough questions from the Bible. Find it at debrief.show or wherever you find podcasts. Friends, until we connect again, here or in person, remember, cultivate